In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Uh, how often do we just kind of assume that we know what Jesus is going to say? And how often do we just kind of assume that we already know what's going to come out of his mouth? Um, I don't know if this is like still a thing that people do anymore, but what would Jesus do? You know, when I was in high school, this is when we started wearing these WWJD bracelets, and maybe you have one on, I don't know. Maybe you got a WWJD tattoo, even me. I don't know. Um, but the whole idea with that, what would Jesus do, that's fine. But like, it's kind of a dangerous question because we don't always know what Jesus would do. And it, it, it assumes that, that we, we do. It, it assumes that Jesus is very predictable, that he doesn't, he doesn't do things kind of um, uh, in our way of thinking anyway. So... Uh, but the the funny thing about Jesus, and I do think that he's actually funny. Um, we're kind of like raised to think that Jesus is out to ruin your fun, uh, to like crash your parties and stop you from doing interesting things. But it's actually it's actually quite the opposite. Uh, he does seem to um, I don't know have a good time with with people sometimes, especially in this story today. But. Um, he doesn't always give answers to the questions, especially when they come to him, the Pharisees and the Herodians, they come to him and they're out to get him. They're, they're trying to tangle him up in his words. And uh, yeah, it's not going to work. Uh, that's not how it works. You can't do it. Um, so they come to Jesus and they ask a question. Uh, the only question, or the only answer that Jesus ever gives to our questions is his uh, crucifixion, uh, his suffering, his death, and his resurrection. Like, that's the answer. That's the answer that he will give, and that's it. So they come to him and they say, well, should we pay taxes to Caesar? It's not an honest question. They already have the answer. And what does Jesus tell them? Well, uh, just look at the picture on the coin. Of course. Open up your wallet and see whose face it is. Washington and Hamilton, maybe you guys are uh, running around with a bunch of Franklins in your wallets, but there they are. Who, whose image is on that? Hmm? So give to God what is God's and give to Caesar what is Caesar's. And then um, you actually give to God with what is Caesar's money anyways. How does it all work? Hmm. So what do I find amusing about this? Well, they're left with more questions than they came to him with. So I am, for sure, um, left with more questions after, after reading this and studying this, thinking about it. And I still am not completely sure that I have my head totally wrapped around uh, the answer, even today, right now, which I know is not what you want to hear from the pastor, like standing in the pulpit at this moment, you want, you want to think, well, that man has the answers and he knows what is going on. It's perplexing though, isn't it? But instead of Jesus just giving them an answer and some cut and dried solution to the question as to whether or not they should pay their taxes, taxes, which they consider to be overwhelming, burdensome. Um, in, in youth catechesis this week, we learned that 
the average rate of taxation in the Roman Empire was 1%. And in times of emergency, they would raise it to 3%, if you can imagine that. Hmm. <laughs> wow. Well, there they are. They're like, well, I don't know if we should be paying these taxes. And we also consider them to be slightly idolatrous because the coin has a, an image of a man who claims to be God on it. Huh. In God we trust. They did too. But Jesus just leaves them with another question. Hmm. Give to God what is God's. They leave him alone. <laughs> so we have a question then. What belongs to Caesar and what belongs to God? What do you give to the government and what do you give to God? Maybe you remember another time when Jesus is asked about paying a different tax, the temple tax then, in Matthew 17. And uh, again, Jesus didn't really answer the question there either, did he? Does he ever just answer the question? But then he, uh, he sends Peter. He's, he's like, just go uh, catch a fish and you'll find a coin in its mouth. Like, well, that doesn't really answer the question either, does it? What is going on here? So I will say this, though, that uh, during a, a time when you know, so many people are in a huff over governmental stuff right now um, I cannot open like anything without seeing something about all of this elections and who's doing what and all these things and I know that some of you and some people out there are losing their minds over all of this but here's the secret give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's Again, what is God's and what is Caesar's? Can you imagine a world in which we were half as devoted to Christ as we are to the government? Can you imagine a world in which we were even just like 10% as obsessed with Christ and his church as we are with elections and politicians? I started to think, well, what if I was so devoted to Christ? What if I gave to God what is actually his and to Caesar what is his? Well, as best as I can tell, um, everything is God's. So what does that leave for Caesar? Do the math. I was, uh, I was talking to a friend recently about some problem I had, and, uh, and he said, well, eventually, you're just going to have to give that up to God. And I thought, well, that sounds irresponsible. I should be able to work on this. I should be able to fix this. I should be able to do something about this. Hmm. But yeah, at the end of the day, I will go to sleep. And the Lord will continue watching over me in all that he has given me, which is everything. My initial reaction, my friend's advice to actually just uh, give it up to the Lord was not a joyful reaction. Like, just give me some steps, huh? Because that means that I'm not in control of everything. Now, I don't even want to control everything, just some things. 
which is why we like voting so much, because we think that we can control things. But even then, it all belongs to God, always has and always will. You sung it this morning, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Not Plato, or Socrates, or Hobbes, or Locke, or Voltaire, or Lenin, or whoever. Not Trump or Biden. Not them either. They'll all give you some nice things, for sure, but they won't give you true wisdom. And if you depend on the systems that we have created and that we govern ourselves, you'll get temporal wisdom. You'll get some knowledge, which is helpful for a very short period of time, but eventually it will fail. Listen to Jesus, though. And Jesus does not give a definite answer there. But he eventually does show us exactly what he means. So he stands before Caesar, Caesar's representative, Pontius Pilate, and instead of begging and pleading before someone with temporary authority, Jesus goes to the cross, bearing the weight of the world, and then he dies. He is buried. That is the way of the world. If you stick with the knowledge and wisdom of this age, that is where it ends. That's the way of death. If your God is your belly, well, there's two things that happen with that. One, it's will never be satisfied. Uh, and, and two, it'll die eventually. It's not a good God. Stick with Jesus, though. And they did not understand him. They tried. But how could they understand him? Give to God what is God's, and everything will be okay. And so they went to the tomb, because death and destruction is all that they knew. It's all that we have known, either. They expected to find the crucified, brutalized, wrapped-up body of Jesus Christ there in the grave. They expected to find him who had taught them not to worry, that the uh, birds of the air are wonderful and provided for by God the Father and that he loves you even more than them. They expected to find the body of him who said to give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. They thought they were going to find him still dead. And maybe for them it seemed like it was all just kind of like wishful thinking and naive platitudes and he was just a nice guy. But they'd slept, and they were very afraid, and all hope was lost for them. And yet, as they slept, the Lord watched over them and over all things. And then they found a different way. They found a way of life and of resurrection. And then finally, Jesus answered all their questions. Resurrection. They wouldn't have believed it if he would have told them, which he did tell them, and they did not believe him. So he simply showed them instead. 
And that same Jesus Christ is risen now and forever. And he's brought you into this same way of life through his death and through his resurrection, through your holy baptism, through the words of forgiveness that he continues to pour into your ears and through his very body and blood, the same body and blood that died on the cross and is raised from the tomb. It's all given to you. This is the way of life, and it's your life. So whatever you are worried about, whatever you're not even worried about, give it to God. It's his already, anyways. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.